0: It's Thursday. Hello there. I'm Jim Harrington. It's another day.
1: Yes, it is. But are you sure it's Thursday? Because, Let me check. You know, that could be up uh,
0: for debate. The calendar says Thursday, I think. Yes, I think we're right there. It's Thursday. <laughs> okay. I'm just making sure. I just never know anymore. A lot of things going on today. A lot of things. Uh, you heard about the CDC bill? They, uh, they decided yeah. that the Justice Department should appeal the decision... That the judge issued the day before yesterday about removing the mask mandates on planes and buses and trains and things like that.
1: Well, you know, the the conditioning and the control of the mask is working so well. Why do away with
0: it? Yeah, They will allow people to come across the border unmasked. They will put them on airplanes unmasked and ship them around the country and then drop them off unmasked because I saw them getting off the plane, I saw them getting off uh, uh, buses and they were not wearing masks. No problem with that. Uh, We have hockey games and football games and people are in the stadiums with no masks. But for some reason, it's important that if you get on an airplane, where they have an incredible filtration system built into the airplane. I mean, it's amazing. And they, they do this because they don't want people to get sick. If you get on an airplane, and uh, the guy in the back row has got the flu. They don't want the whole plane to get the flu, so they have all this uh, uh, this amazing built-in filtration system into the airplane naturally, but still they want you to wear a mask. And and then the hypocritical thing about it is they give you uh, something to eat, and you pull the mask down to eat. It's,
1: uh, it's control, and uh, it's conditioning. This whole thing is conditioning to make us subservient to the government. That's Mm. all it is.
0: Well, uh, they are going to appeal it, and that should be interesting. I thought this was interesting, tying into the whole pandemic thing. The state of Rhode Island, did you hear about this? They've submitted a bill to double the state income tax for parents of unvaccinated minors. So if you say... Yeah, so if you're a parent of a child who you didn't want to have that child get jabbed for some reason... I don't like that term jab, but it's, it's all over the place. Um, if you have a child who didn't get vaccinated because you feel that there's a natural immunity system built into the young, like a lot of people do, you will be penalized in Rhode Island if this bill passes because if you were taxed, let's say, $1,000 this year, next year, because of that child, you'll be taxed $2,000.
1: Well, in my book, that's called Coercion.
0: And I thought coercion was illegal. So much has changed. So much of what we thought was the law and the right thing has has changed over the last two or three years. For example, do you remember it wasn't too long ago you walked into a doctor's office and you if you wanted some medical records and you didn't have the right authorization you didn't get it because of the HIPAA laws. Yeah, yeah. Now you go into a restaurant if you're not vaccinated. You can't sit here, sir. Show me your vaccination card before we put you at table A, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're going to be the vaxxed and the
1: unvaxxed, and if you're the unvaxxed, you are not a welcome citizen. You know, we will be on the
0: run if you're unvaxxed and hunted down like dogs. Hunt That's down. Where it's going. Yeah, well, I, I'm afraid that uh, it's. I think it's a it's a matter of power. It's a, well, matter, it is. It's, it's a matter of power. They have the power right now, and they don't want to relinquish it. The government loves the fact that they can control the masses. And, you know, is it is it like training Pavlov's dog, you know, where you keep doing something, and after a while, it becomes automatic? For example, if you tell people that they have to wear masks all the time, what else can you do? Can you tell people to stand in line over here for no reason and say... You have to stand here. Don't ask me why, but the government says that you have to stand over here and you have to walk through this door. I'm just using this as a hypothetical. Does that happen? Well,
1: hypothetically, with the mask, gee, they won an election with it. They stole the election with the the mandates and the masks. So why wouldn't they want it coming back? Because they're going going to get their rear ends kicked in the the midterms. They don't Mm. want that to happen. So the mandates and the mask is a great comeback for them. It's it worked once, should work again. Amazing. And Biden, of course, he believes that he's the only man in history that can beat Trump.
0: Yeah, I heard that's that. I heard to run in twenty twenty. Yeah, I, re- I heard him say to uh, was it Obama and in yeah. private that that he's uh, he's going to run again because he is the only guy in on the on the landscape, the political landscape, who can win.
1: He believes it too. He really believe uh, uh, that?
0: I, I, I don't know whether he'll. I don't think that uh, he'll be around uh, in office in uh, two and a half years. I don't think he'll make it through the first uh, the first term. I mean, have you seen how limited this guy is? He walks around. He walks around like a severely limited elderly gentleman. He. I mean, the I'm, media
1: I'm, has to recognize it, but they don't want to give in. Just yet, because they don't have uh, a, a solution for him, a replacement. If they had a Democrat replacement, then they would, they would find a nice way to retire this guy.
0: they got to do something. Be- the way it looks right now, if there's a fair election in 2022, and that's up for debate. Um, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But if there is, the Democrats are looking to have a, a, a terrible... A terrible election, lose a lot of seats. If they lose the seats they're talking about, they will lose Congress. If they lose Congress, they lose power, and the opposition, the Republican, will have uh, a chance to block the rest of the uh, the Biden administration's uh, political efforts.
1: Well, one of the things that you have to realize, though, you know, you've got a lot of bad Democrats because that party has been totally taken over. But it's happening in the Republican Party. So to me, you know, the key for them, Uh and I shouldn't say this, is to sit there and get some more woke Republicans on the ticket. And that would be one way that they would maintain their superiority in uh, the
0: control of the cabal. I don't see that happening, though. If anything, I see the opposite. I see... With Trump and his MAGA movement and his, his endorsements, uh, have you seen uh, what his endorsement his endorsements have meant a lot to uh, candidates who have had elections in the off year? Uh, he endorsed certain candidates, I think, in Texas, and they had uh, some off year elections, and he he was incredibly successful. So I think that if that continues on into the midterms. Uh, Trump is going to be very influential in the success of the MAGA movement, you know?
1: Probably so. But then you look at Tennessee where, uh, one of his appointments, mm-hmm. the GOP was, uh, uh, heavy handed in getting her thrown off the ballot for the midterms. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, there are bad players on both sides. There are more bad players on the left than there are on the right. Um, uh, but you know what? We gave up America a long time ago. Whether I talk about it today or tomorrow, uh, you know, I had. Sometimes you can sit there and have things to talk about by just observing certain things that are going on in life. And some of it's old news. But then you sit there and go, "Where the hell did we go wrong?" Yeah. And when, when did when exactly? What time exactly did America die? And when's the funeral for it? Because you know, kids don't pledge allegiance to the flag anymore. They don't sing "My Country 'Tis a That's been taken away. Uh, you got Omar, who is—you uh, know—she's obviously she's a, an elected uh, Congresswoman uh, in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You know, allegedly she married her brother uh, to circumnavigate Im- uh, immigration laws, but she won't go to the test. But yet, they found a cigarette butt that proved ninety-nine point nine percent positive that that's exactly what she did. The FBI is investigating. But, you know, if she didn't do it, take the test and prove them wrong. Unless you're hiding something. She mocked Christianity Saturday uh, and the Easter celebrations. Well, gee, Omar, uh, we have religious freedoms. Unless you want to turn us into the country you came from, and then why not go back?
0: You know, it's what's frustrating to a lot of us is that these people do so many things that are obviously wrong to the average American, and we expect them to have consequences for what they've done, and they haven't had any. They've gone after yeah. Trump. They've gone after Trump time and time and time again. I have a cut that I'm going to play in a second. Chuck Todd, who I think is despicable. I think he's he's not a journalist. He has been around uh, forever as a political advisor, a democratic political advisor, and then he became a journalist. And but he was a plant. He was a one-sided journalist. He leaned to the left. That's all journalism now. It's all
1: one-sided. It's not news. It's uh, it's beyond an opinion. It is their talking points, one hundred percent. So that that goes beyond opinion and that's not a fact mm. it's just they they they're giving us the marching orders
0: i might as well play this audio right now chuck todd was uh, commenting on an interview that president trump had with piers morgan i i can't figure this guy piers morgan out because when i see him on fox and places like that he seems to be uh, he seems to be a smart guy thinking conservatively then, when he goes over to England, he becomes leftish, and he kind of uh, he enjoys being the adversarial uh, uh, interviewer. And he's talking to President Trump, and I don't I don't know why <laughs> I don't know, I don't know why President Trump puts himself into these situations. But I think there's a part of him that likes the challenge of being interviewed by somebody who is confrontational. The left. Played this interview as if President Trump got up and left. And I think, Bill, you read and I read, too, that that wasn't the case. And the Trump group said the interview ended and he left. They made it look like in the promo that the president was disgusted, got up mid-interview and left. Well, Trump presented the
1: audio, the original audio. And even the news story said, well, it appears it's not true what they're saying about Trump. They don't want to admit that it's not true.
0: Right. I, say, yeah. I want you to hear Chuck Todd's commentary about parts of the interview. If you'll pardon the expression, a real smart ass. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I can't think of any other way to, to put it. In this interview with President Trump, he asked some interesting questions. Trump has answers that I would have answered. and I think a lot of us listening to this podcast would have answered. But then Todd comes out and he makes snide remarks. Listen.
2: Welcome back tonight. I'm obsessed with the interview President Trump gave during London this morning. The president sat down with a former celebrity apprentice, Victor, and now British TV host, Pierce Morgan. And they talked about a wide range of subjects, including climate change, which the president would not admit is real. Do you personally believe in
3: climate change? I believe that there's a change in weather... And I think it changes both ways. Don't forget, it used to be called global warming. That wasn't working. Then it was called climate change. Now it's actually called extreme weather.
2: Yeah, we're confused, too. Weather changes both ways, whatever that means. Then there was his dust-up with Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex, over whether he did or didn't call her nasty, which he actually did say on tape.
3: So what happens is... Uh, they talked about nasty, but we were talking about nasty. She was nasty to me. And that's okay for her to be nasty. It's not good for me to be nasty to her. And I wasn't. Did you and get in the fact, to talk to I them? think she's doing very well.
2: Well, after denying saying the word nasty, I think he said it like six times in that sentence. But anyway, I'm still confused. And then there was the matter of the USS John McCain.
3: Here's the thing. I'm not even sure. First of all, I didn't know anything about it, but I'm not even sure it happened. Somebody said they're painting the ship and they have the tarpaulins and they're painting the ship and they have tarpaulins all over the place. I have no idea if it happened or not. I hear it's fake news, but maybe it is, maybe it isn't.
2: The painting thing is new to us here. Let's be clear. The U.S. military confirmed that it was a White House staffer that made the request for the ship to be kept out of sight during the president's recent visit. Mick Mulvaney came on the show and said it. Anyway, I didn't even get to the part where Mr. Trump said nobody knew about Vietnam during the Vietnam War. and know about that country or that Hitler was going through countries like cheese. Let's just say it was a wide-ranging interview, and we'll leave it there.
0: What an arrogant snob Chuck Todd is. First of all, if you know history, and I question whether Chuck Todd does... In the, be- in the beginning of the war, Hitler was going through countries like cheese, Czechoslovakia, Poland. He was aggressive. He was successful. They called it, Chuck, the Blitzkrieg, you know? So, and as far as Vietnam goes, I lived through the Vietnam War period, and we were only told what, what Walter Cronkite, Huntley, and Brinkley, et al., uh, told us and that wasn't everything so we really didn't know what was going on we didn't know much about about uh, North Vietnam we knew kinda about where Hanoi was if you looked at a map but y- you learned as you were going before we went into Vietnam we knew nothing about Vietnam all of a sudden we were hearing about Saigon Nam Penh um, whatever we knew nothing about the country so I happen to think that President Trump said the right thing. We didn't know much about about the Vietnam War. And also he mentioned uh, the weather. He made it sound like what he said was wrong. Weather changes. Weather goes up. Temperatures go up. Temperatures go down. We have cold weather. We have warm weather. What was wrong with President Trump's answer? Not a darn thing. And if you know anything
1: about climate change and the way the world works. You talk about the pyramids and you talk about the great deserts and they're going, well, if we had water there, they'd, there'd be uh, greenery there. Well, guess what? There is water, but as things shift and change, those big lakes and seas, they're underground there. Mm. And we even have uh, throughout the United States, underground rivers, but things
0: change and
1: evolve in time they come and they go it's just the way it works
0: well that was a hit piece and there'll be more of them especially the closer we get to the midterms because they're going to try to minimize trump and in so doing try to minimize his effect on the elections his endorsements things like that well they're so afraid of him and that that is that is a hit piece and that's all there is to it yep he Chuck Todd, by the way, he's just—he's never been a great journalist, in my opinion. He's been a lucky guy. They put him in very, uh, uh, very prominent positions. Meet the Press with Chuck Todd. When I grew up, Meet the Press was like the Harvard of all positions in broadcasting. If you were hosting Meet the Press, uh, then it was a big deal. There was a guy, and I—I think his last name was Spivak who was the host of Meet the Press from like its inception, and he was mm-hmm. amazing. You, when you watched it, you felt like you were getting the truth with no slant. Well, that's not the way it is anymore, folks. When you watch it now, you feel like you're getting all slant. They'll have like three liberals, and they'll have the token conservative or moderate defending that position, and they always are made to look the fool that's why by the way programs like this program and other programs like this program mean so much nowadays it's important that you hear the other side and folks if you agree with us what we're telling you is you're not alone you're not there's a lot of us out there who look at what's going on and we think holy smokes can this be real yeah but you know what
1: if you're conservative you need to learn learn to speak up because I've made the analogy before. You could have three liberals in a crowd of 100, and those three liberals are going to make sure that they are the loudest force there. And that's how they, that's how they get their way. They win. Mm-hmm. They are not the majority.
0: They are the minority, but they're going to sound like they're the majority. And that's why it's important for them to have the media on their side. That's why it's important for them to control the fake media. If they control the fake media, the fake media makes them look like they are the majority and they are the smart ones in the room, and they make you look stupid. Think of how things have changed socially, Bill, in the last few years. Now you're considered out of touch if you're not woke enough to understand about the importance of being transgender. Or uh, how the LGBTQRS XYZ organization uh, is the is on the right side of all the issues, and you, if you don't agree with them, are uh, a caveman, a numskull. Now you heard about in England uh, where LGBTQXYZ,
1: yep. you know, uh, however you want to say it, it's been mandated to be taught in the classrooms. Uh, with graphic imagery
0: yes I heard in
1: that. the classrooms and it's so bad that just the other day they had to cancel the classes now one of the things that did happen is a teacher in there with uh, decided to do a live demonstration and he had sex uh, man man and man sex with a student but either way he got he did get fired for that but they've stopped it because parents said wait a minute you're showing graphic sex and all kinds of stuff that we don't approve of, you know, and they basically, they threaten life and limb, and so they had to pull it for a while, and this is another country like the United States that's given up its core values. There is no pledge. Now, it's funny. We have foreign influences here telling us how we have to run our country. China, they pledge allegiance to their country and their flag, right? but they don't in the United Kingdom. It's been mocked, and we disrespect our flag here because it's
0: not my flag. Then get the hell out of here, you know. Because this is what we're getting—going after our kids. Bill, listen to this. Don't along do the that. along the same lines, BBC cancels nude sex education theater show targeting children after death threats. Promoted yeah. it promoted pleasure, queerness, and gender, and it showed little children. Things like Erections, this program. Mm -hmm. This is on the BBC. Now, when you and I started out in broadcasting, the BBC was so conservative and so staid that, uh, well, they didn't play rock and roll. They had pirate radio stations off the shore of England on ships that would play the rock and roll because the BBC thought it was beneath them to play such... Uh, artistically grotesque things like the Rolling Stones or the Beatles. And oh my God, man! Uh, and that's the truth. So now yeah. the BBC is so far to the left that they they actually had this program in the can, ready to go, and it was the parents who said, "No, no, no, you're not, re- you're not airing this on our networks." And they took it off. By the way, Jim, talking about that kind of stage show.
1: And mm-hmm. saying you had the program in the can. Mm-hmm. Bad choice of words.
0: So, <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's, throw e- that in there. it's, it's early. Uh, but we're not alone when it comes to our kids being attacked. They're attacking them in England. They're attacking them in France. They're attacking them in Germany. They're attacking them in the United States. They're going after our children. Because they know that if they get the children, so goes the country. If they can capture the minds of the little people if they can control what they see and what they think now, the future of our country is in their hands, not yeah. in our hands. So it's important for parents, by the way, to stand up, get up at the, uh, the school committee meetings, and if the school committee is, is putting something out there that is, is wrong, you let them know. You know, I used to do that, Bill. I used to do that as a young parent in our in my town, and it wasn't anywhere near as big an issue as what they have now. I mean, they were, when I was a young man and I'd get up at school committee meetings, they were talking about uh, the budget, and they were going to build a new building, replacing a building they just built, you know, something like that. It was never about pornographic books in the libraries, which is what they're doing now. They're putting books in the school libraries that a pornographic. Yeah, we have to take control and we got to get involved and we got
1: to sit there and go to uh, parent teacher meetings, uh, because if you don't, then it's some of this is on us because we've gotten complacent and that's where they're stepping in. They're going, well, they're not looking. They don't notice anything. Let's slide this in. OK, yeah. we can slide it in a little bit more. Look at the crap that's on TV yeah. that we let the kids watch.
0: It's important to to speak your mind and let the people know when they're wrong. And also, you might want to consider running for the school committee. Be the alternate thinker on the school committee and uh, maybe help get things right internally. Uh, Before we wrap this up, I want to play for you something. Ted Cruz was at Yale University the day before yesterday. Ted Cruz does a program on YouTube called Verdict. And it's, right. uh, it's, uh, basically Ted Cruz in a, an environment where he speaks and then has, he's interviewed by students in the audience. He's a very articulate guy. This one meeting at Yale was put on by like the young conservatives of Yale. You would think they would be a friendly organization, but it was open to anybody. And there was a young lady who was obviously uh, a liberal, a pre-law student, first year, which means she's a freshman. But she's at Yale, and she's probably very enthusiastic about being there and loves the fact that she's amongst like-minded people. So she stood up, and she criticized Ted Cruz for his not supporting Katanji Brown Jackson as the Supreme Court uh, judge nominee. And she called him a racist. Ted Cruz, who's a Latino, Right. And some people would have reacted negatively or angrily. Some people would have uh, said things that were wrong. Not Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz was, uh, Alan Dershowitz called him the finest debater he had ever had at Harvard University in all of his years. And Ted Cruz proved it uh, yesterday.
3: On Tuesday, it baffled me that you would ask such flagrantly racist questions um, to this exceedingly well-qualified candidate. Your colleagues in the GOP promised a respectful and dignified hearing for Justice Jackson and to me, you did not uphold this. When it comes to issues of race, I think both the press and the modern left uh, are hypocritical on this question. That they only define someone as black or they only define someone as Hispanic if they agree with them ideologically. Everyone who was harumphing in the media that if you oppose an African-American woman who's a qualified judge, you're a racist, precisely zero of them thought it was racist to, for Democrats, including Joe Biden, to filibuster Janice Rogers Brown. Now, I'm gonna suggest to you, if you oppose somebody because of their race, that is the definition of racist. And look, I'll point out in your question You said that my questioning of Judge Jackson was you used the term racist. Listen, racism is a horrific evil in this country. It is also an insult that the left tosses around casually. I would welcome, if you look at the questions I asked Judge Jackson, every single question I asked her concerned her record. Either her record as a judge sentencing defendants before her, or her record writing academic materials and law reviews, or her record giving speeches to law schools. All of that is the job of of the Senate in, in the advice and consent process. And so respectfully, I could not disagree more deeply when you say it is racist to examine a judge based on their record If the Democrats wanted to oppose Janice Rogers Brown because they oppose conservatives, you know, do you think the Democrats were all sexist when they voted party line against Amy Coney Barrett? I'm willing to bet you don't, because she's not a liberal woman. So you can't have it both ways, which is that when a Democratic nominee has a certain characteristic, anyone who opposes them is racist or sexist or what have you, But when a Republican nominee has those characteristics, it's open season and you can go after them full force and and the left is righteous in doing so. The standard should be the same. And I'm going to suggest what the standard should be is we should examine people based on their actual record and whether and to what extent that record demonstrates they will defend the constitutional rights of all Americans. I think that's what people care about. And
0: that's only a fraction of his answer. His answer was great there. It was even better when you hear it in its entirety. Uh, But a very smart guy who someday, by the way, Bill, may still end up being president of the United States, Ted Cruz. Very articulate guy. There there were a lot of candidates when Trump was around. Trump
1: happened to be the right guy at the right time because of what was going on. Not that the the other uh, couple weren't. Marco Rubio was a good guy. Cruz was a good guy. But there was a lot of crap going on, and there still is a lot
0: mm-hmm. of crap going on. That that was classic cruise. I know. Would you believe that we've done it again? We've run the gamut. It is the end of the program. We should remind people they can call us at 833-583-6060. If you call us, leave a message. You're giving us permission to use you on the show, and just uh, we just might do it somewhere down the road. We just might do that. You can also uh, drop
1: us a line at Mail at com. Mail at com, And on Facebook, it's another day. I didn't realize how hard that is to say sometimes when you,
0: you know, haven't have enough coffee. coffee to get going. You haven't had enough coffee. You got to have more. Hey, have a safe trip back to your uh, home base, and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Yes, we will bright and early, and uh, we'll be here with, uh, you know, the weekend's coming up.
1: There's all kinds of fun things, uh, and there's uh, some weird little off- off-the-cuff story, I guess, next week. What is it? The moon is going to align with uh, with four other planets? Oh, really? Yeah, Joe's going to take that as a symbol <laughs> we must run in twenty. I think that's because... fake
0: news, if you ask me. Prove it. <laughs>
1: I think it's a distraction. <laughs> it is.
0: <laughs> like everything else we get in the news. I had more that we could have talked about today, but like I said, uh, the clock beat us. But we'll do it again. Have a wonderful day, folks, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Bill, you take care. Drive carefully. See ya.